Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Matthew chapter 37. I better turn there myself. Last Sunday when I came back from, um, from overseas, from, from Europe, I wasn't sure if I was going to minister or not that Sunday morning. Originally, they weren't going to be here. Uh, they were going to be somewhere. I'm not sure where. No, no, you were going, you were somewhere, but you were going to stay in Maria, in uh, Merced. That was the plan. Originally, when, I, when we booked the tickets, uh, they were still going to stay a few extra days. Then they decided to build a house, and so they came back early. Um, but I wasn't sure if uh, I was ministering that Sunday morning or not, and uh, so I came ready. I was glad when Pastor did it because I was super tired, but uh, um, had some things to my heart from that. And uh, so I want to read this here in, in Matthew chapter 9. We'll just start in verse 35. It says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues. Uh, you know, tonight, uh, it's what I want to talk about, tags, tags on top of what Pastor talked about this morning, and it felt like it was still a good direction to go. But um, notice he taught in their synagogues. And like I said, this might be a little bit of a shotgun message at times, but how uh, uh, I many know we should not expect them to come to us we ought to be willing to go where they are. That was good, Pastor Greg. Thank you. I needed that. Yes, you did. You needed that. You know, we've got the good news. Pastor talked about this morning. We've got the gospel, and what we have is the truth. And and uh, thank God for what we have. But you know, uh, when people don't, when people are blind, they don't know what to look for. And it's our responsibility. It's really our great privilege when they don't know what to look for to help guide them in the direction they need to go till they begin to see it for themselves. But Notice Jesus went about teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Listen, if you go, if the Lord directs you somewhere, and if the Lord's behind it, you'll be fine. Jesus wasn't worried about being contaminated. The Father wasn't worried about Jesus getting contaminated in their synagogue. The Lord leads you somewhere. Hello. Uh, if he leads you somewhere, you'll be fine. But it's important that we follow him, right? Preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude... He was moved with compassion for them, for they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. You know, coming back, anytime you go overseas, you go on one of these trips, you know, uh, uh, it's hard to come home and not just have a real heart for people and what's going on. You know, there's such a need out there. And... Um, you know, it's an honor to be able to travel and, and to be able to do different things and go different places. And, but, you know, it really shouldn't require us to go out of the country to see that there's great need. Amen. We, 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 it shouldn't require us to get outside of our normal life to see that there's great need all around us. And the fact that, that you know, now I know this is something that in our family we've endeavored to, to, to maintain this awareness in our house and, and even instill this in our children, you know, the, uh, the reality that, uh, uh, no matter where they are, people need Jesus. And, and no matter what's going on, people need Jesus. And, and uh, they need to know the Father. They need to, to experience a relationship with the Holy Spirit that, that can surpass any relationship they've ever known. But, you know, when we go places and go things, whether it be Africa or, or go to Europe, you know, there's just such a great need and so much uh, to do abroad. But there's a lot to do at home. And if you weren't here this morning, listen to Pastor's message. It was good. There's a lot to do. 
And it can be a little overwhelming at times, but also it's, it's a challenge to know that, that we've got what it takes. I'm, I'm glad what Pastor said this morning at the end of his message that we're able to do it. I forget how he said it, but we're equipped. We're able to do this. We're, we've been gifted by God for this very thing. And, um, uh, you know, how many know that this, this, this uh, uh, assignment isn't just for ministers? This is for believers. This is for every person. And it's funny, you know, over the years I've noticed when you begin to talk about some of these things, there are sometimes people kind of shut down on this topic uh, because it requires something of them. And uh, how many know that, that that's okay when things are required? If there's nothing required of us, there's nothing to step up into. But when there's a requirement, something that's required of us, there's grace to accomplish it. If we'll simply yield ourselves to the mission and the assignment God's given us, there's ability to do it. And where, that's where I think a lot of times because we've lacked the effectiveness, and of course I'm getting off here, but we've, we've not been as effective in some of these things as we should, have, should be because we've not, we've not been excited at the challenge. We've been weary at the challenge. We've been discouraged at the challenge or maybe overwhelmed at the challenge uh, when we see what's ahead of us, what's, what's, what the need is. Uh, you know, I think of, you know, the, when Jesus told the disciples to feed the 5,000. Of course, when it was a larger crowd than that, but their immediate response was based upon not who told them to do it, but based upon the need that they saw. They saw a great need and they immediately said, Jesus, look at all, how are we going to do this? And, and the fact that Jesus told them to do it, it, really the need, the numbers didn't matter. The fact that he gave them the command in his word to do it, the words that came out of, his, out of his mouth, was all the power, all the grace, all the ability to do what he had told them to do was in the command to go. And his command to, 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 uh, uh, for them to feed the 5,000, to feed them, that's all they needed, but they didn't recognize why because they were more paying more, closely, more close attention to the need versus the one who gave the command. Well, we've been given a command to go. And a pastor read the scripture. You can turn there in, in uh, uh, Matthew 28. We'll read it again. Uh, great scriptures here. And, and I always, anytime somebody gives you final instructions before they go somewhere, you know, those are important instructions. And I know as a kid, when my folks would go away, there was a last minute things they'd tell me not to do and, or to do. And, you know, make sure there's nobody over here at this house and make sure that that the lines can be still seen in the carpet, you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, and you know, those were vital things you had to do. Well, these were Jesus's final instructions, he said, all authority has been given to me, verse 18, Matthew 28, 18. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Of course, we won't go into all the detail Pastor did this morning, but in the word go is all the power we need to do it. In the word go there is all the ability you need to do it. Amen. In the word go there is all the, the resources and the giftings and the grace you need to do it. It's just are you willing to tap into the go? Or are you waiting on the, the putting to action of what he said based on when it looks favorable or just on the fact that Jesus said do it? You think about Peter in the boat. Pastor called me Peter this morning. That is my first name. Thank you, uh, Dad, for that. But uh, uh, thank, thankfully, no one called me Pastor Peter after church. And I probably shouldn't have said that because now it's going to happen. But you think about Peter in the boat, the very fact that uh, Jesus gave the command to come. You know, even when it didn't look like he, obviously, naturally speaking, there was no way that he could go, that he could go out to Jesus. But the fact that Jesus said, come, was all the power he needed to actually step out of the boat. And had he not moved on that word, the power was there. Had he not responded to that, then the miracle wouldn't have taken place. Well, our, our obedience to responding to the word go really is the determining factor whether or not we see the results. 
Amen. And so in our own life, you know, uh, this is one of the things he's told each of us to do is to go. And that doesn't mean that we've got to go to other nations, which uh, that is a, a good thing to do. But there's a, there's a harvest to re, be reaped right here. And I'm thankful that we've been sent to do it. You know, I was thinking today, there's a lot of fruit that we can bear in our life, a lot of things that, that we can uh, produce in our lives. And, and there's the fruit of the spirit that we're supposed to produce in our life. But there's only one fruit the Bible calls precious fruit. There's a lot of fruit, a lot of things that we're to bear, a lot of things we're to bear. There's only one precious fruit. Go over to uh, James chapter 5, James the fifth chapter. You know, a lot of times uh, uh, our, our biggest reason for, uh, for struggling is just a lack of perspective on things. And uh, we, have, we have James here obviously writing, but he's giving the perspective of our father and in James chapter 5 in the 7th verse, it says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the, what? Precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And this fruit here that we're to go out and go after is fruit that the Lord himself considers precious. You know, I've been married now for almost 23 years. It'll be 23 years in, in April. Hard to believe uh, been that long. And there are things that, that my wife likes and other things that are very dear to her. You could say they're precious to her. And the things that are precious to her, you know, because I love her, they're precious to me. That's the part of being, about being in relationship with somebody. Even though it's not so, something that necessarily I love. For instance, you know, she grew up doing, uh, uh, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but Amy grew up riding horses and doing, uh, uh, competing in dressage competitions, you know, where they have the horses that, that dance around the, uh, uh, the, the arenas and, and goes forward and backwards and all these things. And, and she did that, uh, which actually was very good at it. And she did it. She did that in cross country. And, you know, dressage is not something that whenever I just see it, man, I'm like, oh, whoo, I love to watch me some dressage. You know, I, I've never once had those thoughts. That has never entered into my mind, not even one single time. And, and, and yet when it comes on TV or if I find it on the ESPN app or something, I mean, I'll, I'll record. Well, now we, since we, we cut the cable cord, we, we, what is the commercial? You don't quit anything but cable. We quit cable, right? So uh, it's hard to find that now on TV. But if I find it on the ESPN app, I'll tell her, you know, hey, listen, there's some dressage on there and I'll even get it ready so she can watch it. I could care less about dressage, but I know she loves it. And because she loves it, I'm going to find when I can. I'm going to find it and, and make it available because it's something that's near and dear to her. Well, you know, uh, going out and doing these things may not be real precious to us because, you know, a lot of times it's inconvenient. <laughs> I mean, it's inconvenient to our life. And really, in, really, the truth is inconveniences are things that limits us on most areas when, because we're so used to being comfortable and really going out and doing these things, really putting the word to work in our life, period, isn't convenient. The God of this world and the, and the day we live in will make sure that it's never convenient. <laughs> but how I many know when you love somebody, what's precious to them becomes precious to us? 
And I firmly believe, you know, when we stand before the Lord and, and, and you know, one of the things, too, I'm endeavoring to do is live life, you know, with, with eternity more in mind. When we stand before the Lord, this is one of the things he's going to ask us about. He, and he identified it ahead of time to know what's precious to him, what's valuable to him. Yes, we're valuable. And, yes, we're, he loves us and he's interested in us. And thank God for that, right? But there's also fruit that he wants us to bear. But then there's precious fruit he wants us to go after. And we get the opportunity to do that, and it is directly tied to the coming of the Lord. Our, our willingness to gather this fruit is completely tied to when Jesus comes back. Think about that. I mean, think about what can be more blessed in our own personal life than to be here when Jesus returns. And uh, we get to pursue that. And so uh, uh, the fruit, that this, this harvest is something that the Lord is, is v- dearly attached to and very much aware of and wants us to go out and reach. And it's something that ought to be a priority in our life. Amen? You know, one of the things that, that is interesting when you do these trips, when we go over to Africa versus going to Europe, you know, it's funny when you tell people. I actually had a guy text me when I got home uh, from the trip. He, he's a, a guy that I worked with in college at Service Merchandise back way back in the day. And um, he now works at Lowe's. And it seems like every few years we run into each other. He, he'll get a new job, and I'll go in there, and we'll talk. And so he likes to text me and harass me. Imagine that. And because uh, ne- I never harass anybody. But anyway, he likes to harass me. And, uh, and I got back, and Sunday afternoon he texts me, are you back from another vacation? You know, that, that was his text. And I was like, Bro, it was not a vacation. You know, I was actually, was ministry. He's like, oh, sure, Europe, that's ministry. And, and of course, he was making fun of me. And, and, uh, and it was a very beautiful place and lots of great things to see. But, um, uh, uh, but at the same point, it was work. And there, were, there, were, there was a lot to do and, and still much more to do. But, you know, when we, we look at these things, uh, a lot of times... Uh, where was I going with that exactly? But let me find it there. Yeah, uh, yeah. We we <laughs> he liked to harass me about you know about about taking time off. And when you look at the two different places, we based upon uh, really the need that people have and the worthiness of our effort based upon the the condition that the people are in. And uh, you know, really, station life has got nothing to do with with our assignment. And the conditions have got nothing to do with our assignment. You know, going to Africa in, in most ways is much easier than going to Europe when you're going, when you're going to travel, obviously going to Europe is great, but when you're going for ministry, it's actually more difficult than going to Africa because there's, in the spirit, there seems to be less uh, opposition uh, when you're there. It's just, it's a more difficult place to minister. Why? Because, you know, people are generally very satisfied and very uh, comfortable with where they are, and, and, and it's a post-Christian world, but, you know, there's great need there. Well, you know, it would be a shame if we ignored certain situations because it didn't look like people needed what we have. And then we realized that that, uh, that goes on a lot, that happens a lot. Uh, there's a scripture that says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you can, let's look at it, 2 Corinthians the 5th chapter. And Paul here is writing, and, and boy, Paul was, sure was wise in what he did. But in, Paul, in, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in the 16th verse, we'll start in verse 14. It says, the love of Christ compels us. What does it mean? The love of Christ does what? It drives us. The love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. How many know we're not supposed to live for ourselves? Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though 
Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him, we know him thus no longer. The new living of that says, so we stop evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. I'm going to read that again. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we view him. Now, how many know that before you knew Christ and after you knew him, our view of him changed drastically? Well, you know, uh, uh, it's true that, that it's important, and likewise, in the same measure, that we're not to view people from a natural human standpoint of view. There are so many things out there wanting us to view people from one way or another, whether it be race, racial divisions or, or, or gender divisions or all these other things. You know, we're just coming out of an election cycle, and Democrat and Republican, and, and we see the maps, the red map, and, and then the blue counties, and the red states, and the, and the blue states, and all these things, and there are so many divisions we can begin to look at things from perspective that are other than God's perspective. But you know, when, if we're not careful, uh, we can develop lives that are compartmentalized where we're viewing things from standards that are not God's standards. You know, d- during this election process, I've thought, and when I was over there, of course, we're watching CNN International, terrible station over there, but uh, CNN International, while we were there, you would think that the devil himself lives in America based on CNN International. But anyway, um, uh, it's, it's, they, they, Actually, I told that said this for the people in Africa when we were there last were afraid to come to America because of CNN International that you just get gunned down in the streets here. It's so bad. It's like, are you crazy? This is Zambia. I mean, I would much rather be in America. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, watching the, the political things and they kept putting the maps up of everything. And we, we view our country based upon Democrat and Republican. What if we began to view our nation based upon saved and unsaved? You know, when I was there in Europe, you're thinking, you know, if we could see light and dark in terms of, of a map when we walk around, you know, 1% in, in France, I mean, there, there's a lot of dark and very little light there. Well, what if in our own nation, our own, our own neighborhoods and own communities, we, we ask God to help us see things in, in, a, in a map way so we can see light and dark, where the need is, where the difference is? Would that change how we, we, we reacted to things? Would it change how we, how we spend our time? I think it absolutely would change how we spend our time and what we value and where we place our our energy and our effort into. But there's a lot of need out there, and really station life has got nothing to do with this. Station life has got absolutely zero to do it, to do with, with, with what the Lord has called us to. There is great need at home. There is great need at home, and yet there's great need abroad as well. You know, one of the things Rich and I were talking about, I said, you know, if we could just get people to do what, what we're doing right now on a periodic basis, take time out of their life to go to these places and, and just spend a week or two, what could be accomplished? And I'm not asking, saying you need to do that, but these are things we ought to be open to what the Lord would have us to do. But most importantly, let's live this life for him in front of people here. And let's be open to what God wants to do in our lives here. Amen. Let, and not just for ourselves, but what God wants to do in the lives of other people. There's so much that he wants to do, but it requires us to get out of our comfort zone. We cannot remain comfortable. We cannot remain satisfied. We cannot remain okay with seeing, uh, you know, uh, those around us live good lives but experience a very awful eternity. We can't be okay with that. There's too much at stake. People need us to not be okay with these things. Amen? It says in Luke chapter 12, we can look at it, Luke, the 12th chapter, and I'm going to get past this in just a minute, I promise. But at Luke chapter 12, y'all can relax. Luke, the 12th chapter, in the 48th verse. 
I'm going to read the, the second half of this verse in Luke chapter 48 and the second part of this. It says, For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required, and to whom much has been committed of him, uh, they will ask the more. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much, much will be required, and to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more. You know, much has been given to us, and the Lord will require much from us. The Lord has given us much, and, and he will require much from us. And, you know, sending of our, our finances to support the missionaries that we support, it's needed. It's necessary. It's something that is required and, and that we need to do. But really of our own lives is such an important thing to give of ourselves. Let's not let uh, uh, time or, or other agendas steal us or keep us from doing what the Lord has asked us to do. Amen. Let's not let hurt or, or uh, uh, things that have happened in the past keep us from doing what God has called us to do. Much has been given and much, there's much opportunity for us. You know, when you go to these different places, we're really blessed to live in a nation where the ground has been tilled and many seeds have been planted and, they had, and there has been much watering going on. And when we were in Europe, I mean, you're, the, you're just trying to pour water on the, Have you ever gone somewhere where the ground was so hard and it had not rained in so long? You just pour water on it and the water just runs right off the surface and doesn't saturate at all. I mean, you can't even hardly break through the dirt because it's so hard for a lack of rain. I felt that's a lot of what we were doing, just taking water and just pouring it as slowly as possible to try to get it to soak into the ground, to soften the ground enough so even a seed could be planted. I mean, think of the opportunity we have here. We live in a place where the ground is not that difficult. Yeah, there's a lot of thorns, but the ground really isn't that difficult. It really is open and receptive to the gospel. It's, it's a far different place where you, you can't even get anything into the ground. And because we have such a great opportunity, the Lord will require us, listen, let's win the nations, but let's win our own. Let's change places, but let, let's win our own neighborhoods. Let's, let's not settle for our own families not knowing him. Let's pursue him. Let, let's let, he's given us a command, go. With that command, there's the ability that, that we need to be effective in doing it, Amen. But we've got to be ready to do what God's called us to do. And this is really, we'll, we'll, we'll camp on this here for just a few minutes. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to, or 2 Timothy rather, chapter 4, we're going to look at this scripture here. In 2 Corinthians, the, the fourth chapter, I'm, I keep saying Corinthians, 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. Second Timothy chapter four, and we'll start in verse one. It says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long, long suffering and teaching. This, I'm gonna read this out of the New Living, several translations here. It says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Now, obviously, he's writing here to, to, uh, uh, to Timothy, but how many know this is not just for ministers? This, is, this word is for us as well. The message says, I can't impress on you too strongly. God is looking over your shoulder. Wow, would that change how we live in the realization that God is looking over our shoulder? <laughs> God is looking over your shoulder. Christ himself is the judge with the final say on everyone living and dead. 
He is about to break out into the open with his rule, so proclaim the message with intensity. Keep on your watch. Challenge, warn, and urge your people. Don't ever quit. Just keep it simple. Uh, The Passion says, Timothy, in the presence of our great God and our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is destined to judge both, both the living and the dead by the revelation of his kingdom, I solemnly instruct you to proclaim the word of God and stand, stand upon it no matter what. Rise to the occasion and preach it when it is convenient and when it is not. Preach in the full expression of the Holy Spirit with wisdom and patience as you instruct and teach the people. And then Young's literal says, I do not testify then before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, or I do fully testify then before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who's about to judge the living and dead at his manifestation and his reign. Preach the word, be earnest in season, out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort in all long suffering and teaching. You know, when I read these scriptures, something stands out to me that no matter what or when we're supposed to produce. No matter what's going on, we're supposed to produce. And remember, anytime there's instruction given, the power to do it is in the instruction. And so he says here to be ready, no matter what the season, in season and in out, be ready. In season and in out, be ready. In season and out, be ready. And so we're to produce in every season of our life. We're to produce in every area of our life to be ready in every single area because God or the Lord Jesus, the righteous judge, is looking over our shoulders and he wants us to produce. And so that we need to be ready to produce and be mindful of the fact that we're able to produce in every single situation. Now go over to Mark chapter 11, Mark the 11th chapter. Mark chapter 11. Interesting uh, uh, verses here, Mark the 11th chapter. We see a little bit of perspective on how the kingdom of God works and how Jesus looks at things. In Mark the 11th chapter, it says, um, we'll start in verse 12. Now the next day when they had gone out from Bethany, he was hungry and seeing afar off a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if it perhaps he could find something on it. Then he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat the fruit from you ever again, and his disciples heard it. And of course, you know, we have the, uh, it goes on here later in the the chapter, Mark chapter 11, we get into the verses that we know so well, uh, the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th verse, forever I say to you, whoever says this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, doesn't doubt in their heart, right, but believes those things which he says will have them, right? We have these scriptures, well, you know, the disciples, when they, when they saw this, it's by no mistake, it says here in, in verse 14 that the disciples heard him. And I believe this scripture, that this, what Jesus did, had more than just, was just a, a lesson on faith. It was more than just a simple lesson on faith, how to use your faith or, or a, an example for them. But notice Jesus went to this fig tree looking to get fruit from it. But it said in, in verse 13, he says, for he found nothing for it was not the season for figs. It wasn't the season for figs, yet Jesus went looking for fruit when it wasn't the season. Now, we do get a great lesson for faith, but we also, we also get a kingdom perspective on things that's a little bit different than ours. For years, you know, when I would read the scripture, I always kind of felt a little bad for the fig tree. Anybody ever felt a little bad, bad for the fig tree, right? Like, you know, that poor old fig tree is minding his own business. I mean, he didn't get, I mean, you know, he didn't choose to be planted right there by that road. And, and you know, and after all, it wasn't the season for figs. And mean old Jesus, just because he wanted an object lesson to teach his boys, killed that fig tree. And I always felt a little bad for the fig tree. 
Pamino, there is a perspective of heaven that's, that's given here in these scriptures that we need to see. It wasn't the season for figs, yet Jesus still expected it to produce fruit. See, the scripture going back to uh, uh, Timothy, it says to produce in season and out. Well, that goes against the way we look at things because in season, you expect things to produce, but when things are out of season, you don't expect it to produce, right? And we've got a, 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 a pecan tree out here in the back uh, on the side, and it produces a certain time of year. Well, you know, this year it produced, and Steve and I went out there, and we, we picked a lot of pecans off the ground, and, 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 uh, and, and, and some of them were good because we waited a little bit too long to pick them. But anyway, you know, I don't go out there and look for pecans when it's not season. Why? Because I know it's not in season. It's not going to produce anything. And that's how we look at things because, well, it's not the time, or it's not, it's not this, it's not that. There, there shouldn't be any, there, there's, there's no reason to expect a, pro, a, a crop to be had. The kingdom of God doesn't work that way. He said to be ready in season and out, and Jesus spoke to this fig tree, and he cursed it because he expected something from it, even though it wasn't season for it to, for it to produce. What does that mean for us? We can produce no matter what's going on, and Jesus expects a crop from us even when it looks like in natural terms that we should be producing or when it doesn't look like we should produce, be producing. Remember, in the command, there's always the ability to do it. And when he told us to go do these things, listen, no matter where we are in life, we have the ability to produce this kind of fruit, the precious fruit. And whether it's convenient, whether it's in season or out, God expects us to be producing in these areas. Amen. He expects you and I to be producing in these, th in these areas. So whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you've got young kids or, got, or you're retired, it makes no difference. We're to be producing in these areas. And the kingdom of God does not, is not based upon, God does not limit things based upon how, how circumstances are, are looking to us or how, what's presently facing us. He expects us to produce, amen? The scripture here we have in, in Acts chapter 26, we'll look at Acts, the 26th chapter, uh, uh, here in, in is our vision of our church. And you know, today this, this vision is more real to me than it's ever been and more alive to me than it's ever been. This is what God has called us to do as a church, and it says here in Acts 26, in the uh, 16th verse, it says, But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and the things which I will yet reveal to you. Who has he appeared to you to make a minister and a witness? Us. He was, obviously, he was actually speaking to, to Paul here, but how many know this is our assignment as a church? And he's made us a minister and a witness. What does that mean? He's put us in his orchard. He's put us out there in his field, and he expects us to produce. So I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance amongst those who are sanctified by faith in me. Listen, we have got much to do. I keep saying the same thing. We've got much to do, but you are where you are right now, you can produce for the kingdom of God. No matter where you are, you can produce. In kingdom uh, uh, business and the way the kingdom of God works, we are to produce in every area of our life. It's for us. God is not static. His plan is not static. He's always progressing, always moving forward. He's always moving forward. He's always producing. And he's always looking for us to produce. One of the biggest things we've got to look at really in our life, what keeps us from doing that is really consecration in our life. 
The idea of consecration is committing ourselves to do the will of someone else, to consecrating ourselves to the will of God. And really, there's a lot of things that, want, that are vying for our attention, whether or not we're actually producing, because it's in us to produce. The reality is, because of who we are and the grace that's upon our life, if our attention is in the right way, we'll be producing. We can't help but just produce. But whether we're producing or not really goes back to whether we're consecrated to his plan and willing to do what he's asked us to do. You know, just the other day we had uh, Zach and uh, Kelsey got married. And on Thursday we had um, uh, their, their wedding rehearsal and afterward we went to eat. And, and then after that, uh, Steve and Q and Zach and I, we went and saw a movie. And, and how many know there's opportunities everywhere? But, you know, really our awareness and our, our willingness to be open and, and really take time out of everyday life has got everything to do with whether or not we're effective. You know, when we left uh, Osolomio, the restaurant, we, went to, we were going to go to Starbucks. And, and so we discussed which Starbucks to go to, a specific Starbucks in Gainesville that we even called and spoke on the phone to verify this is the Starbucks we're going to meet at. And so I went to that Starbucks, but Steve and Q did not go to that Starbucks. They went to a different Starbucks and forgot to tell me. So I stood in Starbucks by myself alone for a while and finally, oh, thank you for the O's. But anyway, uh, Steve went to this other Starbucks and, and he was late showing up or, or, or catching it with me because as he was leaving, there was a homeless man, I guess outside, outside, outside of Starbucks. And the Lord got his attention that he had something for him. So Steve went and ministered to him. How many know if you're not living a consecrated life where you are willing to do whatever he asks you to do, even when you have something else to do, will determine whether or not you produce or not in that season? There was, there was, there was produce to be had that night, even on a night when we're just going to go do something fun. We're celebrating with Jack, uh, Jack with, with Zach, Quack, and Kelsey when we're celebrating with, with uh, uh, Zach and Kelsey. There was still something that God wants to do. Well, you know, really our willingness to say, you know what, I, let, even though I'm doing something that I want to do, I'm always on the clock and I'm, and I'm always yielded to your plan. Our willingness to do our consecration to the heart of God is really determined whether or not we're effective or not. And so Stephen responded to that. And even though he, he, he stranded me at the other, stood me up at another Starbucks, I'm still grateful that he responded to the Holy Ghost. And then after the movie, when we got done, we were outside discussing the movie and talking, and the place was shutting down because it was super late at this point. There was a gentleman standing off to the side smoking a cigar, and, and it was just the, the, the four of us and this guy kind of standing off to the side. And, and you know, it's, it's late. I'm tired. I'm ready to go home. I got in the car, and yet the Lord wanted to get my attention. There was just something there that, hey, you need to pay attention. So I said, Lord, what is that? And, I, and the Lord drew me back to this man. And so I went, but pulled my car back around and, and pulled back up there and said, hey, you know, uh, uh, the Lord had, a, had, something, had something for me to ask him and a, and a word for him. And so I said, you know, let me ask you about something about your life. Is this going on? And he's, he's like, well, and, you know, so we began to talk. And, and the Lord used that opportunity uh, uh, to minister to somebody, a wayward Christian, a backslidden believer. And so thank God for that. And, and, um, uh, and I'm not saying all that to promote Steve and I, but there's something about living your life where you're aware and your everyday plans are at the altar for Jesus. There's much to do. There are many opportunities, but we've got to consecrate our lives to be willing to take time out of our schedule to do something on his schedule, produce when it's not a time to produce that we would think it's production time. There's always time to produce. But really, consecration is everything. Consecration in our life, valuing and placing importance on what he says and being sensitive to the leading of the Spirit is everything in our life. 
Listen, the job is not that difficult, and you've got the greater one on the inside. If we'll just simply be committed to obey when he pricks our heart, when he gets our attention to respond to that, the more you do it, the more you recognize. Uh, that's not just something. That's the Holy Ghost directing me to somebody. And it's really not that difficult. It's really not that difficult at all, and it produces. And, and you know, that guy was, was grateful. Actually, he was there stranded, couldn't get home because his car wouldn't work. And so I got to minister to him and jump his car off. Well, thank God for that. But it's living a life where you're open to what would the Lord have me to do, consecrated to the plan of God, not having our own agenda. This is for everybody. It's not just for ministers. This is for every believer to be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. And it's possible for every one of us to be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. You know, I think about all the times, I'm sure, things that the Lord tried to get my attention, but I ignored it and just, just completely dismiss it or really wasn't even a place of training myself to even be sensitive to it. Have you ever had the Lord get your attention and you said no? Anybody ever done that but, but me? Yeah, I've done that before. The Lord's told me no, but how many more times he tried to get my attention but I wasn't even, on the, even in the right hemisphere of hearing what he had to say, right? There's so much to do, but it's really not that difficult if we'll just be sensitive and that can be developed in our, in, in our life. It can be developed in what God is asking us to do. In 2 Timothy, the second chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 uh, in the 20th verse. I'm going to wrap up here in just a second. 2 Timothy the, the, the chapter 2 in verse 20 says, In a great house there's not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he'll be a vessel for honor, sanctified, and notice, useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Therefore, if he cleanses himself from the latter, he'll be a vessel for honor, sanctified, and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. We can be useful. Useful and not used as in past tense. This is what God did with me before, but useful currently. Thank God for what God has had us do in the past, but what's he asking us to do today? He wants us to be useful today. He wants us to be useful right where we are. He wants us to be useful in the relationships we have now. He wants us to be useful in the jobs we have now. He wants us to be useful in the situation we have right now. He wants us to be useful, but we've got to maintain a heart. We're open to being led, open to be, to be directed by him, open to yielding our life to him and putting priority on the things that he's prioritizing. It's got to be a priority in our life. I just want to ask you, you know, are you willing to do your part? But there's something the Lord asked me on the way, on the way coming back on the plane. He said, are you willing to do the part of somebody else who's not willing to do their part? And I thought, oh my. You know, Lord, I'm, I'm okay with doing what you want me to do. But what about covering the ground for somebody else who's not in a place of being willing? And I got to be honest, when he first asked me, I thought, you know, when the Lord asks you something, it's not just like, yeah, yeah, you, but you, 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 it, it strikes you a little bit deeper than that, right? He said, are you willing to do what I've asked others to do, but they've not been willing to do it, but do it until they're able to? We've got a great assignment. And many of us have done the things the Lord has asked us to do, and that's a part of the reason why our church has been blessed. Because we have a lot of people who've been faithful to do what the Lord's asked them to do. And thank God for that. But you know, there's another step of usefulness that goes beyond that. Being useful 
even beyond what he's asking us to do and even doing some things, picking, taking up the slack for somebody else. And, you know, for, for us as a church and for me personally, I know it's something that the Lord's asking of me and, and, and I just want to put it out there. Are we willing to do our job but also the job of somebody else? Willing to pick up the slack for somebody else. Really, our answer or not, whether we submit to that or not, really has everything to do with whether or not the precious fruit gets reaped, whether or not the Lord returns, because there will be those who won't do it. And I know about you, I don't want to be, I want to be one of the ones that, that does what the Lord directs me to do, but also there's slack that we can be picked up, things that we can do. I know many of us here, we serve in a lot of places. We have people that serve in a ton of different, lo- different departments in our church doing all kinds of things. And man, I'm glad for that. But is there something more you can do? Is there more that you can do? Is there more that you can take on? Is there more time in prayer you can spend? Is there more time in, in other areas that you can give to the Lord? Really, the answer that, 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 that you have and really what you do with it really determines what God can do. And so I want to challenge you. You know, there, there is much to be done. Like I said, a little bit of a shotgun message tonight. There's much to be done, much to be accomplished. And, and there's, there's uh, God expects us to be producing in all areas, but he also is giving us an opportunity to pick up the slack for others. You know, one of the things the Lord has asked us to do as a church is in the area of prayer. And, you know, in case you didn't know it, there has been a mandate on our church now for a while in the area of prayer. Have Monday night prayer that happens, you know, I don't know if we're doing it this Monday night. We are, okay, prayer this Monday night. But we do it every Monday night. And, you know, our, our crowds on Monday night are smaller than they are on Sunday nights. Of course, our Sunday night crowd is smaller than it is Sunday morning. But, uh, you know, those who come out in prayer on, on Monday evenings, you know, I'm thankful for that. And there's some that can't, and it's legitimate. And, and that's, that's great. If it's a legitimate deal, I understand that. I mean, a lot of times things, aren't, things don't happen not because they're not legitimate, just because we have other interests. And those things are fine, but how many know that always putting him first always pays off in the end? And one of the assignments he's given us is in the area of prayer. And when it comes to uh, reaching the loss and doing the part that, that he's asked us to do as a church, yes, he wants us to grow in numbers, but there is a place in prayer that our church that I've not, I'm seeing it more clearly now than I've seen it before, that we must take, that we must step into, that, it, that as a church we're gifted to do it, we're graced to do it. And it's something that, that uh, other people haven't done their part and other, other, other times haven't lifted up prayer and haven't obeyed to the, to the Spirit of God in this area and God's been limited by that. This is something that we can do. And this is something that the Master is asking of us. And so I encourage you guys to get involved with what he's doing. I know many of us are busy, but let's, 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 let's get our priorities where they ought to be or where they can be. And that doesn't mean God's not happy with us. He's pleased with us. But how many know that we can, we can be more effective for the kingdom? We can do more for the kingdom of God. We can do more for Jesus. We can accomplish more for the Father. And, um, you know, I just want to encourage you tonight, there's much to be done. There's much to be done. And when we hear messages, pastors talking on Sunday morning, let's not let that things just kind of turn that off. This is the mandate that we've been given. This is the assignment we've been given. This is the reason why we're here. The need is extensive, but the grace is there to accomplish it. In every avenue we have to do what God has called us to, every, everything, he, everything that's at our disposal, let's take full opportunity and full avail of those things. Our willingness to do it, our willing, I tell you, lives depend upon this. Lives depend upon our willingness to obey. Lives depend upon our willingness to lay aside our own things and pick up us the, the, the priorities or, or the need of someone, someone else.
Amen? It, it's so necessary. It's so necessary. It's so necessary. You know, one of the things that, that the Lord has been talking to me about is, you know, the things that, you know, a lot of times we judge things based upon numbers and things. And, and something was said at Bible school that I've always agreed with. And anything that's alive should be growing. And so thank God for that. And we're growing. God's doing things. But how many know the effectiveness our church has had over the years goes way beyond the numbers that we see? The effectiveness we've had for the kingdom of God goes way beyond than the numbers we see at hand. There's been much has been done because of the stand that this church has had and the position we've had and, and really the willingness to get down and, and do the dirty work so much, so to speak, in areas that others people just haven't been willing to do. Let's be faithful to continue that. I know there's groups that meet to pray all kinds of different times during the week. Find you a time. If money doesn't work for you, find you a time. Get with somebody that you guys can get involved and begin to take up this, this, this assignment that we've gotten, we, we have in prayer. It'll pay off. It'll pray off, it'll pay off, and it'll produce for the kingdom of God. It'll be a blessing in our life, amen? It'll be a blessing, it'll, do the, it'll accomplish the will of God for this day, amen? Well, praise God. Just a few things I want to share with you tonight, and hope that was a blessing to you. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be used by God. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be used by God. Let's be looking for more opportunities to be used by God, amen? At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.